Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus is speaking and He says, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I don't know what you might be looking at right now, what you might be dealing with in your life right now, but I want you to know that you have stepped into a place where there is a God who makes all things possible. From Genesis to Revelation, this is a story of the God of the impossible making things possible for His people. When the children of Israel were coming out of slavery after 430 years in Egypt, and they are now stuck in front of the Red Sea and to make matters worse, the Egyptian army are descending upon them. So the Red Sea in front of them, the army behind them. But how many of you know God is a God of impossible and He opened the Red Sea and made them walk through. Many years later, the nation of Israel was now being bullied by a giant. 40 days, 40 nights, Goliath would step out and he would torment them, paralyzed with fear. But then a little kid with a stick, a sling and a pocket full of rocks steps up because he served a God of the impossible. Whatever you are facing tonight, I want you to know that the one who hung on a cross after being beaten, arrested and hung for six hours high and dry, they pulled him down, they put him in a tomb. It looked like it was all over. But three days later, The tomb was empty, the stone was rolled away because He is the God of the impossible. So before we get going tonight, let's establish that in this place tonight, the God of the impossible is here and He is here to meet with you, amen. Father, we just thank You, Lord God, that You are a God of signs, miracles and wonders. There is nothing that is too difficult for You. There is nothing, Lord God, that is too out of your reach, Lord. The arm of the Lord is not too short to reach into every situation, Lord God. And I thank you right now, Father, you are making things possible that previously looked impossible. And we will give you all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Come on, why don't you give a God a hand of praise. And why don't you thank our team. So good to be with you guys tonight. And uh, if you are visiting for the first time, welcome to church. Uh, We're so wrapped that you came out tonight. Um, And uh, I have the privilege of being able to bring a word tonight that uh, I really believe that, you know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And uh, this word has been something that has been living in my heart. And what eventually lives in your heart will eventually leak out of your mouth. So wherever I've been, you know, I've been sort of uh, dropping bits of this message and I'm excited that tonight I can kind of uh, uh, be able to deliver it in full. But I believe that uh, this is a word that will speak to where we are right now and what I believe God is about to do uh, in in the lives of uh, not just our community, but uh, faith communities all around. Uh, And so I just want for you to kind of lean in right now and just prepare your hearts uh, for the word that uh, that God has for us. And um, excuse me. 
Uh, I think we're okay. But uh, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. We're going to have it up on the screen. Luke chapter 22, verse 54 to 62. It says this. Having arrested him, being Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. I want to talk to you tonight uh, from the subject of my message, and it's entitled, uh, Season of Seconds. A Season of of seconds. Uh, we're going to unpack this in a little bit. It'll become, it'll make a little bit more uh, sense, but uh, why don't we just pray as we uh, get into this word. Father, I just thank you for your word, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that uh, as your word is declared, Lord, I just thank you uh, that eyes would be able to, to be open, Lord God, the eyes of our heart, that we would see, Lord God, with absolute clarity and that we would respond in faith. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, a few years back, uh, my family and I, we lived in Tassie, and um, there was a particular event that our kids were involved in where uh, the council were putting on a fun run for parents and their kids at this school. Now, I don't know who decided to put run on the end of fun, but that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So here was the deal. Uh, parents would go with their child and they would line up and it was, I want to say five kilometre run, but I think it was more like three. Um, but it just felt like, uh, it felt like a lot more than it was. But for three Ks, parents and kids would line up and they would run this course uh, to the end and the whole idea was that you would run it together. Now clearly, I am not a runner. I am built for comfort, not speed. Okay, so I didn't do any training at all. Uh, it was my son at the time who was in year five. Sorry, that came out wrong. He's still my son. Um, but at the time, he was in year five. And so uh, we lined up and he was excited because all of his friends were there and, and they were all gearing up. And, and so he wanted to go right to the front of the line. And that was a little bit dangerous because I was just surrounded by, it was like being surrounded by minions. There were just little kids everywhere. And when the starter's gun went off, he took off. He just totally ditched me and he turned around and said, I'll see you at the end, Dad. All right, mate. 
And so he takes off with all of his friends, and I'm literally trying not to step on any kids uh, because they're just all around. And so I, I, I kind of get into a bit of a groove. I've done no training. The most training I've done is I've run from the sofa to the pantry to get more Pringles while I'm watching footy and, uh, and back. That's probably it. But, um, but it, it, we, we get going, and, and so I'm sort of trying to, trying to you know, ease my breathing and, and, uh, and work a bit of a rhythm. And it was probably after about a K. It was more like 100 metres, but it felt like a K. Um, everything started to shut down. And, um, and I'm watching people just pass me by and, and, and all of this. But my legs uh, felt like lead. And it felt like I was drowning because I could barely get any uh, air. And then my side starts to stitch. And so I just start to to go from a, uh, a comfortable jog uh, into a walk, uh, into a limp. And uh, they had blocked off the entire road, and now I had moved to the side, and uh, I, I just had to have a seat, and, and I sat down. I sat down, and I thought, I'll just, uh, I'll just take my time, and if I can get an Uber to the finish line, even better. Um, but I'll just take my time, and people were, were carrying on. Now, something happened in the midst of that. Um, two things. The first thing that happened was um, two mums jogged past me and they had backpacks on and they had tr- uh, strollers with kids and they went straight past me and they were talking and, and, and laughing and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, you are a disgrace, Falau. Look at that. Uh, these women, you know, uh, just... Uh, and so they went past and and so that wasn't the thing. The thing that really got me going was this guy who looked like he was twice my age, um, and I say this respectfully, but he was morbidly obese, and I'm not fat-shaming anyone, but he, this guy was jogging, and, and, and he was jogging quite you know, comfortably, and I thought, that does it. If a pair of mums with uh, backpacks on and strollers can get, go past me, and then this guy go past me, then surely... I need to be able to finish this race. So I get myself up and, and I start with a walk and then I start to feel a little bit comfortable and then I sort of break out into a light jog. And then before you know it, I don't know exactly what happened, um, but I started to get more oxygen. And so I started jogging again. I started jogging and I'm thinking, I'm feeling pretty good here. Um, I reckon I'd be able to jog all the way to the end of the line. And then by the time I get to the end of the line, I know most people have finished the race and gone home, but I I get there and I think, what just happened? What just happened? Now, if you are a runner, um, you will know that there is this thing called a runner's high. um, And and there is this thing that's also called your second wind, your second wind. And, And what happens is there are times in a race where it feels like you've hit a wall. It feels like you've hit a wall and there's no going through it. But then all of a sudden, your body actually works out the right amount of oxygen and it sort of overtakes all of the lactic acid buildup. And then all of a sudden, it's like you get this fresh burst of energy uh, because of the oxygen uh, that comes in. Well, I just came to tell someone 
that although you might be feeling fatigued right now, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, you might be feeling weary. You might just be feeling like, I just can't keep going on. I've hit a wall spiritually. I've hit a wall in my marriage or I've hit a wall in my relationships, in my studies, in my health. I want to tell you that the reason why you are here tonight is because God is about to give you a second win. God is going to give you a second win. The actual phrase I I felt the Holy Spirit give me uh, about a week ago was the fear of the second wave will be outdone by the second wind that there is this talk about this second wave that's about to hit. And it's not just about the virus. It's a second wave of fear that is sweeping across. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, 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 no. Irrespective of the second wave and all of this talk, I'm going to give you a second wind. And the second wind is going to combat any wave of fear, any wave of anxiety, depression, or anything that you are coming. God has a second wave for you tonight. The Apostle Peter here, we just read about him. Um, He's the one that has been riding a pretty good wave up until this point. When Jesus calls him, he gets this miracle catch of fish. He experiences all of these miracles. He gets to walk on water and he's he's been exposed to all of this stuff. and, And Jesus, and he says to Jesus right at the end, everyone else might abandon you, desert you. I'm with you all the way to the end. And Jesus says to him, before the rooster crows tonight, you're going, to be, you're going to deny me three times. And so that's exactly what we read here. That's exactly what happens. The Bible actually says that he is following Jesus at a distance. Now, this is always dangerous for us believers when we say that we follow Jesus, but it's at a distance. We stay at a distance. His denial came as a result of following Jesus at a distance. I want all the benefits that God gives me, but I don't want the commitment. I don't want to surrender. I don't want to lay my life down. I, don't, I want to keep it at a distance. And then he gets into a place where the Bible says that they've kindled a fire and he sits down amongst them. So now he is warming himself by a fire when he was actually meant to be filled with the fire. He used to be on fire, but now he's with all the other people and he is warming himself by the fire. And it leads to him denying Jesus. After he denies Jesus three times, the Bible says that he goes out and he weeps bitterly. He weeps bitterly. And so you would say that, I guess for Peter, he's actually hit a wall. He had been going so well, but now he had hit a wall and it looks like it's, it's all over for him. Actually, even after Jesus rose from the dead, he actually, Peter sees him, Peter experiences him and Peter still goes out fishing and Jesus has to come and, and restore him and reinstate him. But I want to tell you that there is something that happens to Peter and we're going to read about it. It happens to him a few weeks after this. And when you hear what's about to happen, you've got to ask yourself, is this the same guy? Is this the same guy? The guy that denied Jesus three times, that was so fearful of even being mentioned that he was amongst them, that he denied. And then something happened. And so let's have a look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And it says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly 
there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It actually goes on, and if you continue to read down in verse 34, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, to all the people that had come to gather, and they were wondering what had actually happened here. These people that are speaking in all these languages, are these guys drunk? What's going on here? Peter says, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maiden servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapours of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter experiences a second wind, literally. They're all together in one accord. They're all in one place. And then all of a sudden there is a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Peter gets filled with the Holy Spirit and he is not the same person anymore. He's not the same person that is denying and hiding all about Jesus. Now he is getting up in front of the entire city and he is preaching and he's quoting the book of Joel. And as a result of all of that, 3,000 people come to faith because Jesus, because Peter, sorry, got his second win. I want to tell you that you're here tonight to get your second win. Isaiah chapter 40 says that even youth are weary and young men's strength will fade. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on eagles, on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is giving you fresh strength. God is giving you your second win. And at the end, I just want to pray for people that maybe you've been walking with the Lord uh, for, for a long time. You've been coming to church for a long time and you've become maybe a little bit familiar with the things of God. And I just believe that you need a fresh touch. You need to see again with new eyes. Like David said, remind me of the joy of my salvation. Maybe it's because you've drifted away from your first love. Well, I want to tell you that tonight there is an opportunity for you to encounter God afresh so that you can get a second wind. Amen. The second uh, group of people that I really want to speak to, and this comes from the book of Jonah. This comes from the book of Jonah, and it's... Uh, it's chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, and Jonah has been swallowed by a whale. And now he's inside a whale and he is praying to God. God gave him a word to go and preach uh, to, uh, to the Assyrians. And Jonah goes the other way. He gets caught in a storm, thrown overboard. And now he's sitting 
in the belly of a whale, and he begins to pray. And this is the end of his prayer. He says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And if we read on in Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. The second group of people I want to talk to is maybe you're here and you feel like you've missed it the first time. Maybe God spoke to you at a youth camp. Maybe he spoke to you in a chapel service. Maybe you got saved a long, long time ago, but you've drifted. Maybe you've just walked away. Maybe you've just kind of felt like distant between you and God. Well, I want to tell you that the word of the Lord is coming back to you a second time. And don't you love the fact that the Bible says God spoke to the fish? God had already prepared the fish and then God speaks to the fish. You know, God can speak to whatever is holding you right now. God can speak to any addiction, any bondage, any dysfunction, any curse, whatever it is that might be holding you. God can speak to that thing. And when he speaks to it, that thing must give you up. That's exactly what happened to Jonah. The word of the Lord came back to him a second time. God's word is like a boomerang. Once he throws it out, it accomplishes what he purposed for it, and then it comes back to him. But the word of God says that his word will not return to him void, but it will accomplish everything that he has purposed for it. God's word, you might think like it's too late, I missed it, it's gone, I've missed my moment. No, no, no. I want to tell you in this season of seconds that God is giving you the word of the Lord a second time. It's not too late. It's not too late. In Luke chapter 15 um, is probably one of the most famous stories about someone who experiences that second time or that second chance. And he's the son that has gone to his father and asked for his inheritance, the prodigal son. And the Bible says that he goes and he wastes all of his inheritance in wild living. But then he comes to this moment when he hits rock bottom and now he's in a pig pen and he is kind of looking at the food that the pigs are eating and it's looking appetizing. It's, it's, it's looking like it's, uh, it's something that he might want because he had hit rock bottom. But then the Bible says there is this phrase that comes to mind. He says, he comes to himself. He comes to himself and he says to himself, even the servants in my dad's house eat better than this. So this is literally, I believe, the word of Lord, the Lord coming back to him a second time. He gets up, he goes home, he's, re he's rehearsing his apology all along the way. The Bible says that his father sees him afar off and he runs to him. And while the prodigal son was apologizing for his past, the loving father was already preparing for his future. The prodigal, the, the loving father was already saying, put some sandals on his feet, put a robe on him, some rings on his finger, kill the fatted calf because my boys go in places. I'm not going to judge him based on what's happened before the first time. 
This is the second time and we're going to celebrate. I want to tell every single person, you might be sitting in here and thinking, is it too late? No, no, no. Just like the prodigal son, you are welcome home. You are welcome home. And not only are you welcome home, but we're going to celebrate. Because the Bible said, as heaven celebrates, we're going to celebrate. So in this season of seconds, I believe that God is going to give a second wind to the weary. But the word of the Lord is coming back around a second time for those that feel like I missed it the first time. I missed it the first time. Worship team, why don't you just come back up and join me? I want to leave some room at the end because we're going to do some business with God. We're not just going to hear a word, but we're going to uh, act on it. So in this season of seconds where God is speaking to us about it's not too late and I've got something new and fresh for you, there is that second wind and there is that second chance, His Word coming back around a second time. And I believe all of the seconds actually culminates in the greatest second that ever was or should I say, ever will be. In the book of Revelations, chapter 19, verse 11 to 16, it says this. The Apostle John is speaking about a vision he sees, and he says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All of these seconds that we are experiencing will eventually culminate in the second coming. The second coming of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now hear me well, I'm not talking about placing a date or a clock or a time on when this is happening. But I do believe, as Jesus said, that you'll be able to recognise and discern the season. When you look at the fig tree and you see it bud and its leaves turn green, you'll know that summer is near. Just as we look around, we're able to discern the second coming based on what we see around us and the seasons that we see. And so don't misunderstand me that we are not trying to place a date, not trying to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to place a date or a time on this. But I want you to know that everything, all the seconds that we experience, our second win, second chance, the second time the Word of the Lord comes around, that it all culminates, it all climaxes in the second coming of Jesus. The first time He came, He came as the Lamb of God. But the second time He comes, He's coming of the Lion of the tribe of Judah. 
The first time He came, He came as a suffering servant. But the second time He comes, He's coming as the all-conquering King. The first time He came with humility, but the second time He's coming with all power and all authority. Here's my question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because tonight, we're gonna give every single person in this room an opportunity that you can say, I'm ready. If He decides to come tonight, I'm ready. I'm ready. No man knows the day or the hour, but I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be ready. So all over this place, here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray specifically for people that might identify in one of these categories. If you are here and you're just feeling like my Christian walk feels like it's hit a wall. It feels like I'm dry, feels like I'm out of breath, feels like there's not a whole lot of progress happening and you need a second wind. I want you to put your hand up right now. I want you to lift your hand right now, wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every single person, Lord God, who is praying specifically and asking for a second wind, Lord God. And I release right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, the fresh breath of heaven, Lord God. Let it blow in their direction, Lord God. Let it fill them afresh right now, Lord. I thank You for new vitality. I thank You for new energy. I thank You, Lord God, for fresh revelation. And I thank You, Lord God, for a new boldness like Peter. I thank You, Lord God, that You are touching them afresh right now so that they can finish strong. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. If you are here right now and you are feeling like, man, I once heard from God, it was powerful, but nothing's happened for a long time. And maybe you feel like you've missed it. You feel like you need to hear the Word of the Lord come around a second time. This is your time right now. I just wanna pray that specifically over you, that you would experience that right now. God wants to give it to you, just like Jonah, just like the prodigal son. So if that's you right now, I want you to lift your hand up. Maybe it happened a long time ago. Maybe you feel like you've missed it. It's coming back around. Why don't you lift your hand? I'm gonna pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every single person that is responding, Lord God, I pray that they would hear again, Lord God, the Word of the Lord a second time. I pray, Lord God, that they would come to themselves like the prodigal son did, Lord, that they would realise they are always welcome home. Thank You that You are the God of the second chance, Lord God, and that Your Word comes around a second time. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. And for this final one, I just ask that every head would be bowed and every eye would be closed. And maybe you're here and maybe you've been coming for a little while or maybe this is your first time and you can honestly say, I have never actually made a decision to receive Jesus into my life and I don't wanna miss His second coming. If He promised it, it will happen and He will come again. Bible says that, that He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first and we who will remain will be caught up together with Him in the clouds 
so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. That's what we're doing right now. Not here to scare you into it, but want to comfort you that God loves you so much that He's coming back for you. Jesus is coming back for you. So if you want to be included in that prayer, I want you to lift your hand right now. You've never ever made a commitment to follow Jesus. Wherever you are, I want you to lift your hand up right now. I want to include you in that prayer. Awesome. Father, I just pray, Lord God, for that response, Lord, for people that are responding right now, Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you are welcoming them into your family. Thank you, Father, that just as heaven rejoices, that we will rejoice, Lord God, over one person that comes to salvation. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for new beginnings. Thank you that the old is gone, the new has come, and that you are bringing your people out of death and into life, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.